Welcome to the Servants of Fire podcast, where we dive into real-life application of the prophetic, evangelism, pastoring, healing, and so much more. We'll have special guests and your host, Alvin Kaufman. Hey everyone, welcome to the Servants of Fire podcast. This is your host, Alvin Kaufman. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm joined today by a special guest, Amy Coelho. Amy's a dreamer. She's a dream interpreter. She's worked alongside the likes of John Paul Jackson. She's a mother of 11 children. She's a wife. She's a business owner. I can go on and on with the accolades that she has up on her shelf. And she's by far one of my favorite guests. And we go into an awesome subject matter of dreams and dream interpretation. So please give it a listen. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with the people you go to church with. Get us out there. Get this podcast out there. 2018 is going to be a big year for us. Thanks so much for joining us. So let's get right into it. One of the questions that I do have written down here is... Why hasn't some of the church embraced dreams to the extent that they're mentioned in the Bible? You know, interesting question, because I actually went through Bible school. And I will tell you that I left school, you know, we studied every single page of the Bible. We had tests on every single book of the Bible. Uh, We had to write out... um, you know, our briefs and our, you know, points and authorities and stuff like that. And, you know, I graduated not ever believing or seeing or thinking that dreams were from God. So I can completely understand why the majority of the body does not embrace it the way that some of us have been enlightened to. It's like really like an unveiling, honestly. And I really think that comes from having one of those really intense dreams that you just can't get away from. You know, the Abimelech dream where, you know, he has this dream that he has to return Sarah because it's not as, you know, she's married. And it's like one of those really, you know, to Abimelech, it was a very moving dream. So he, you know, in the Bible, they sought out people to help them. And I think that we are so conditioned to certain aspects of the way God speaks to us that we, we basically, we leave out any other way that this could be possible. Uh, when, you know, I even remember really when we were studying the new age, when I, when I worked with John Paul back in 2005, we went to a new age festival in Salem and I remember praying and asking the Lord, Lord, I, you know, in order to be a good missionary, you have to study the other culture. Well, it's kind of scary studying New Age because the whole body of Christ tells you, no, don't do that. So I remember praying and asking the Lord, you know, Lord, uh, tie, uh, tie a spiritual rope around my ankle. And if I get too far in, pull me out, you know. And I remember having that conversation with God. And as I went in and delved into the New Age to learn the language and the culture, just so that I can minister to their hearts uh, with their being, you know, being relative to, to them, speaking their language. And it was really interesting. You know, the more and more I was unveiled to the quantum aspects of the Bible. And so my job, and I feel like my calling in this, you know, the last 15 years, I mean, I've done nothing but study dream interpretation because that's my deal. You know, people go, oh, well, you're getting honed in or you're getting too narrow focused. And it's not that I haven't studied the Bible. Of course I did. And, um, And it's not that I don't study for other purposes and things, you know, I study deliverance and demons and, you know, uh, tithing and, but my, the course of my 
calling has really just been studying dreams and even the rabbinic texts and the Aramaic texts. Right now I'm studying the Persian culture of dreams uh, right now. And so I just find that it's scary, you know, especially when the when Constantine came in, even Alexander the Great came in and just kind of wiped out that whole Hebraic understanding, which encompassed dreams and moved it to more of a linear understanding, a more Greek mindset. So it just really wiped out that whole dream thing. But the, here's the thing. Uh, dreams are still there. I mean, you could wipe out the understanding or, or even the uh, want the desire to know that God speaks to us through dreams. But honestly, you know, it had to come out somewhere. So what ended up happening is we had psychologists popping up everywhere going, hey, these, this is, hey, these dreams are given answers. I mean, they've been saying that for hundreds of years, you know, uh, Carl, Carl Jung and, and Freudian theories. Um, they've been saying our dreams give us answers for years. But I think as b- the body of believers, we get so scared to dip our toe into the new age or psychology that we just throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, and then the other thing I find on the way opposite end is that places like Bethel or, um, you know, IHOP, they don't want to spend too much time on dreams because of what I hear a lot is, oh, we have everybody trying to give us dreams and, and they want to steer their ship on dreams. I tell churches all the time when I go in there to teach a workshop, you cannot steer your ship on dreams. You cannot steer your life on dreams. You cannot steer your, and again, people go, well, you know, Joseph did in the New Testament, you know, Um, and that is true. However, we also see that there was an angelic encounter. So I, I tell people all the time, before you make any life decisions on dreams, you, you want to confirm that by wise counsel illuminated scripture, angelic visitation, translation, transportation, a whole revelatory continuum. And so I think that, you know, finding a good balance, I think, is where the church has really lost out on. And and because they don't, you know, pastors don't really have the gift of dream interpretation, generally speaking, the majority of them don't. It's that scary part. You know, um, I just did a show a couple, maybe two or three months ago with a pastor who has a very good grasp on dream interpretation and he's raising up dreamers in the prophetic. And I just asked him some really some deep questions about fears that pastors have with people running around with their dreams, you know, um, and it's scary. It, it's scary because what if you're wrong? What if you interpret wrong? What if what if they're wrong interpreter? What if there was, you know, what if they've got an agenda? What if what if what if, what if? and then you've got loose cannons? And so. Well, I understand one side and I understand the other side, I, you know, um, my job is to bring a balance. Uh, and I think John Paul Jackson did a great job on that. He was very analytical and um, very scholarly. And, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of flair and or any patience for just real, you know, prophetic drama. If you ever watched him speak, you know, he, he pretty much never left the pulpit. You know, he'd cross his hands and speak. You know, his he let his words land. He didn't, he, he didn't have a spirit of entertainment on him. And I think that's why it was so well received from him, you know? So I think that's why, I mean, that's my understanding in the years that I've walked through. I think that's why people having a hard time embracing it. I, I also, I don't think there's a lot of us with the true gift like Daniel has. Um, and if they do, I don't think the church knows how to uh, parent them, honestly. Do you think that 
there's an actual sovereign gift of dream interpretation or is dream interpret interpretation learned? Um, I do, I, I, both. And let me explain that. So throughout the years, and, and I've got 15 years, I'm a dream researcher. Um, I have found that just as you have the gift of apostleship, just like you have the gift of the prophetic, just like you have the office of prophet, you have the office of apostle, you have the office. So let me let me break it down like this. Let's talk about the office of prophet. You know that you hold the office of prophet, not being prophetic, because we're all prophetic. Every one of us has the, the spirit of prophecy, which is just the testimony of Jesus Christ. What is the spirit of prophecy? Go and read the Gospels. You're going to see what prophecy is. And so all of us have the ability to hear from God and release what we hear. So that's prophetic. And so the office of prophet is when you walk into situations and atmospheres change, cultures change, corporations change, directions of churches change. You, you, you're cha you're truly a change agent. Things get uncovered and exposed when a, when a prophet walks in. Um, you also know you hold the office of prophet when you are always brought up and placed near kings. What do I mean uh, by that? In my life, I know I hold the office of prophet because I was next to, I was called up next to the guy running for president in Honduras um, on a spiritual advising team, and I was interpreting his dreams during during the race, the election period. And so then, uh, of course, I was brought up right next to John Paul Jackson, and then. Uh, in every corporation, I'm right next to the CEO in business consulting. So I, I know that I have the office of profit by looking at my history. And oh, that's how we teach that. And again, that can translate to office of apostle, you know, the office of teacher, you know, everyone can teach, we all have the ability to teach. But then there's the office of teaching that when you go in and you release something, lives are impacted, changes actually made. It's not just hearing it and people go, oh, that was good teaching, and they walk off and forget the mirror that they were looking in. But it actually creates impact and change and transformation. That's when you know. Uh, office of evangelist, you know. People go, well, what is that? And I said, you know, we're all called to evangelize. Every one of us are called. But then there are those that don't want any earthly things because they want to be in the streets at all times. That's my husband. My husband would do away with everything if he could just be in the streets all the time feeding the homeless. Uh, he's got the office of event because a lot of us don't, we don't, that never even crosses our mind to get rid of everything and, and go stay in the streets. We love to give and we love to evangelize, but we don't hold the office of it. And so, um, so, you know, translating that to dream interpretation, I think that, yes, there is the office of dream interpreter and that falls under the prophetic gifting, the office of prophet. And um, you when though you're you're called up next to kings you interpret dreams people search you out and then there's the yes we're prophetic so therefore we can understand symbolism and the whole bible is full of symbolic understanding and if you can understand the bible it, john paul used to teach us this way uh we we started out by studying every parable of the bible and every parable of the bible starting from the first parable and wa walking through every one of them and studying the symbolisms and how the symbolisms worked in context with the parable is critical. And you can learn how to interpret and people who can interpret, you know, because they're prophetic, 
they can go to a certain level. There's a certain level they can interpret at. But those who have the office of prophet, they go way deeper. They have deeper understandings. They have deeper, uh, when they release it, you could feel it. When they release the interpretation, um, they can basically, we put them as the masters on, on the streets. So we have two dream interpreters and a master dream interpreter because they allow the two dream interpreters to speak to that angle of the dream and what they're getting and catching and what they're kind of come in and clean it up and deliver a prophetic word to them or word of knowledge. And so that's kind of how you can tell the difference. It's the different levels of interpretation. And, and I find that people who really, they're not people who go, Oh, that was a weird dream. Let me look up on Google what that meant. But people who search it out, people who think, I got to know this thing about dreams. I mean, like, I got to understand this whole thing. I got to figure this out. How was God speaking? That Those people typically have the gift of uh, whether it be like Joseph or whether it be like Daniel's gift. Mm-hmm. That's good. So does, does every dream that we have have significance or are there some dreams that we can kind of just toss out and be like, no, that's not a God dream? That is a great question. Um, Yes. So we have about mm, anywhere from five to eight dreams a night. Okay. Now we see dreams um, in the Bible, negative dreams. We see dreams, you know, Job 33 talks about, and he, he, he terrifies me with dreams. Then we have um, God-given dreams. And then Ecclesiastes, we call them Ecclesiastes dreams, just kind of your, you know, processing the day kind of dreams. What people don't tell you is that generally we only, we have about five to eight dreams a night. And you wake up and you don't remember those dreams. You may remember one portion of a dream. Like yesterday I had a dream where I was walking through my RV and somebody had given me a card with a wad of money, rolled up wad of money. And in the dream, I was walking to my husband and I handed him the wad of money and I was joking around about giving him a dollar, but he wanted a hundred dollars. And now I know the dream was much longer than that, but that's the one part that I can just capture a glimpse of. So the way that I tell people is that dreams are spirit to spirit communication and every dream has meaning every single dream. If God holds every tear in your hand, in his hand, and he has numbered every hair on your head, then this same God did not cause us to have dreams and then go, oh, you know, like I love, I hold all your tears and I have numbered every hair on your head, but you know that one third of your life where you're sleeping and all that weird stuff happens? Yeah, you're on your own. It's just not his character. And so, you know, I I find it, it's humorous. There's a pastor out there, his, his name's Duke Tabor. I'm going to be going over inviting him onto our show uh, because I really, he's a pastor, he's a vineyard pastor who doesn't believe in dreams. And actually I got, you know, I got uh, um, hired from vineyard as vineyard pastor to uh, work with John Paul. And so I love the vineyard movement and um, he does not believe that dreams come from God. He said, you know, that, that, that God did away with that in the old Testament. And I thought, well, somebody forgot to tell our brains because we still have dreams, like, you know, got to tell the rest of us that that's Old Testament stuff. You know, it's just not his character. And, you know, I had um, Rodney Howard Brown, uh, you know, we were at his conference uh, about two two or three weeks ago, and we were up front because we're pastors, and he, you know, honors pastors, and so we were sitting up front, and he doesn't know me from Adam, and he came and stood right in front of me, 
and even like looked over the crowd right in front of me. And he said, like dream interpreters. I mean, who like dream interpret? There's no place in the church for dream interpreters. That went away with the Old Testament. And like he's standing right in front of me saying this. And I'm like, so of course my whole team looks at me and sees, you know, tries to see what I'm going to do. And I'm like, you know, it's just his journey. It's his journey. And I, I, my experience tells me otherwise, you know, and um, because dreams are spirit to spirit communication, every single dream you remember can be interpreted, even the negative ones. And let me tell you why the Talmud and the Jewish and rabbinic texts all state that, and this is where John Paul Jackson and I differ, um, that he used to say and teach, don't shop your dreams around. You know, find your circle of dreamers and your your accountability, your wise counsel, your mentors, and put that in front of them. Well, that kind of goes against the word in the Bible because we see in the rabbinic text and we see in the Talmud that there were 12 dream interpreters in Israel. And if you had a nightmare, you went, you, you went and you um, gave that dream to all 12. And the reason why was because they needed you, the, the power of the dream the power is not in the dream. The power is in our declaration over the dream. Why? God created a world with his words, right? So it's like, in fact, the word dreaming actually means in Hebrew with seminal fluid. It's literally what it means. So you have a dream, which is an egg, and you have the word, which is that, you know, the, the, de the declaratory, the, declaratory power of the interpretation comes together and it births a baby and or that's the way it should be if we're doing it right and so they would take their dream the negative ones and they would go to a dream interpreter that was skilled in flipping the dream around and speaking the the opposite of what the enemy tried to come and build an altar with in your soul tried to get you to come into a covenantal agreement with fear, tried to get you to come into a covenantal agreement with, with um, uh, disbelief or lack of hope, hopelessness. And so they would go and have it immediately someone speak over and, and flip the dream around and speak into the positive, the opposite, so it would be released in the atmosphere. And they would shop their dreams around because every one of those dream interpreters had interpreted out of a different gifting. So it's not that they were wrong, it's that they were different. They saw a different unveiled angle because dreams like Pardis, Seven Levels of Revelation, have different facets, different unveilings, just like scripture does. You can read one scripture today and it means something completely revelatory to your life right now. You can read that same scripture three years from now, it means something completely different. And yet six years later, something completely different and deeper. And in the same way, we can go back through our dream journals, and because it's spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication, the exact same thing happens. That dream means something that day you had it. It means something three years later completely different. You cannot exhaust the spirit realm, the spirit language, the parabolic language, which is rhema. You can't exhaust it. And so dreams are like your dream journal. And I hope you know this doesn't sound sacrilegious or anything, because I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. But truly, dream journal is your own personal Bible, your own personal rhema, weighted word of the Lord to you, mm. specifically about your life. That's good. Hmm. Wow, that, that's good. I'm, I've never heard it put like that before. Um, so I guess the question that I think some 
people might have is if I don't get my dreams interpreted, are they still going to be significant to me or are they still going to have the same impact if they weren't interpreted? Well, Talmud would tell you that um, a dream not interpreted is like a message un unanswered or letter unopened. Um, the, again, the, the word dreaming in Hebrew means to impregnate with seminal fluid. And that means that God put a dream inside of you. And the only way for it to be birthed is the declaratory power of an interpretation. A dream is just a dream without the interpretation. And people say, oh, you know, they come on my group and prophetic. Uh, we have a, the largest dream interpretation group on Facebook. It's prophetic dreams, interpretation, symbols and interpretation. And, and a lot of times we get people who get mad and they come on there. Uh, didn't God say that dreams were, you know, belong to God? And I laugh and I'm like, absolutely. Interpretation absolutely belongs to, to God. But the gift of interpreting belongs to man because together you co-create. And just like the prophetic word belongs to God, but the prophet, the, the, you know, the ability to prophesy belongs to man. And together they co-create by releasing that word into the atmosphere, into the earth, right? Same thing with dreams. And so... But then we can also go back. I tell people all the time, you know, don't pine after your dream. Don't don't try to strive after it. You know, dream interpretation is like using a muscle. The more you focus on it, the more you attention you give to writing them out, to um, to to seeking out the interpretation. The, it, it's going to be like a floodgate. They just it just opens up on you. You remember more. You start. You know, just be faithful with the little glimpse that you get. Write down the glimpse, the feeling. Maybe you don't have the whole thing, but maybe you just had a feeling. Write the feeling down. Keep that journal. And in fact, I tell my team, do away with all those Bible studies. I love Bible studies, but you know how much more when you get up in the morning and your Bible study is the very thing that the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you about. And meditating, you know, incubating the dream, meditating on the dream in the mornings. And the more you do that, the more he's going to give you. He's going to, it's almost like um, Heather stands up and goes, oh my gosh, she's listening. She's listening. We've been waiting for her to listen. Let's talk. And so, you know, with dream interpretation, it is important to have it interpreted. Um, very important. But again, like Job 33 says, he sealeth the instructions upon your, your heart. And it, I liken it to this. You're going about your day, and you don't remember you had a dream. You got up, you put your clothes on, you got your coffee, and you headed out for work. And all of a sudden, you're at work, and something happens, and it unlocks on you. It's like, wait a minute, didn't I just have this dream? Hold on, hold on. I just had a dream about this. Because it was sealed, right? And and it, un, it unsealed on you at the right moment that, you, that he needed it to unseal on you. And so I do believe also that, yes, the power is in the interpretation. But again, we have five to eight dreams a night. What, what do we do with all the other dreams we don't remember? Those are the ones that are sealed upon your heart. Those are the ones, it's the ones that you remember that he's saying, hey, come chase me. The Song of Solomon God is like what I liken God to in dream interpretation. He's like the so Song of Solomon God. I'm going to run and hide and you come get me. And oh, here I am. You found me. And I'm going to, the gift I'm going to give you for finding me is the gift of revelation the rhema word the weightiness of god that feeling the aha feeling you get mm, that's good um i could probably go deeper into 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 that aspect of things but um i just have a question that um i think is burning on me just because 
I'm a, I'm a father now. Um, I have a two-year-old son named Isaiah, and we're expecting another son. And you're a mother to uh, how many how many kids do you have? Nine. Nine children. Yeah. So someone who's gifted in dream interpretation and honoring dreams, how do you raise a family um, in that aspect of uh, dream culture? Oh, goodness. I You know, here's my role. Nobody can tell me their dream until I've had coffee and done my own dream. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's the rule in my house because if when mommy wakes up, mommy, I had this dream. Mommy, I had this dream. Oh, mommy, you're, you're not going to believe this dream. And in fact, yesterday, Jansen, my seven-year-old, he patiently waited for me all day, probably two hours. And he's my quiet one, but he kept hovering around me, hovering around me. And he whispers. He's, he's real quiet. And in fact, you wouldn't even know, you know, you wouldn't even recognize he's one of us. He's blonde hair, blue eyed. My other ones are kind of brown hair, brown eyes. And, and, um, and he's kind of off to the side all the time. So he's kind of hovering around me. And two hours he waited for me in a meeting. And he said, can I tell you my dream now, Mommy? And I said, sure. You know, and I sat down with him with a piece of paper. You always want to take a piece of paper. You want to take a notebook. And Reese Saunders has a dream journal for kids. That is amazing. I highly recommend it. Um, I will put it on my website. I think it's actually there. You can go to my website at amycoelho.com and you can order it right there. I love it. It's amazing. Um, but... As a parent, you always want to, to um, let your child know how seriously you take their dreams. So I have a, a journal, a notebook, that a big sketch pad, actually, because I diagram. And I, instead of writing, I diagram. And so I open that sketch pad, and I get my pen, my colored, my different colored click pens. And I let, I let my children know that their dreams are very important to me. Um, so that I can show them how important it is for their them to think about their dreams as they get older. And I will tell you, some of the most revelatory dreams, yesterday's dream from Jansen, my seven-year-old, I got up and I walked out and go, you're not going to believe Jansen's dream. But it had everything to do with revealing the question that our family has been asking and praying through. We've been really under attack and we could not figure out what it, the spirit we're dealing with is. And Jansen, in his dream, figured it out that it's a it's a a leviathan spirit and i was like up oh, there it is and then in the dream he actually gave us he said you know in the dream it was a jellyfish had wrapped around journey's arm my daughter journey and um he went back and got scissors and cut the jellyfish in half and it died and i knew at that time we needed to cut off some things um that is giving an open door to this leviathan spirit on our journey and so we, as an act, a prophetic act, we walk through that thing, you know, with our children and we let our kids know how important it is, you know, and the more you do that, the more they dream. It's amazing, really. Hmm, that, that's awesome. So even just kind of sharing the end of that dream, um, dreams, are dreams ever literal or is it all symbolism or is it a little bit of both or can you kind of go into that end of the aspects of dream? Yes, I actually talked about this uh, last night uh, on my mentorship or Thursday night in my mentorship group. We meet every Thursday night and I talked about this. Um, so I had a girl had this dream and, you know, had she's a teacher. So in the dream, she's going back to look for her uh, going back to her cousin's house to look for her black purse, her handbag. And when she got there, there was a bunch of kids everywhere. And she was this one kid was sitting on a on a countertop and he peed on the countertop where they prepare food. And she told him off and. And so um, I said, okay, how are we going to interpret this dream? So I asked them for the weighted elements. And it's interesting because 
two of the people got the fact that she's a teacher and it had to do with her teaching gift and correction and, and making impact. But then we were able to also look at it spiritually speaking. I said, okay, let's interpret the dream according to her teaching gift. Well, the truth is that even in the spirit realm, you know, she became a teacher because she manifested her, her spiritual calling. Her spiritual calling is a teacher in the spirit realm. It's to, it's to uh, disciple immature believers and that keep defecating on the place where you prepare the word. <laughs> so, um, and it talked about going backwards and identity issues. And um, so, yes, the answer to that would be, it is a mixture of both. They can be literal and spiritual at the exact same time. Again, dreams have many, many facets. So the dream can be all about you and it can be about the other people in the dream too. Um, it can be, and it can be completely dynamic. So, I mean, it's, so many different facets of the dream. And that's why you can always go back to your dream journal and read through and get completely different revelation through these dreams. And um, so you do want to interpret the dream literal at first. Um, and the easiest way that I tell people that the, you know, three easy tips on dream interpretation really are, you know, what is the main action of each scene? What is the subject of each scene? And what is the verb? You know, what's your action word, your describing word, your adjective and your, your noun, your subject. If you can get those three things in each scene, you could pretty much interpret the core meaning of every dream. It's really simple after that. And so, you know, if your car is going backwards, where in my life do I feel like I'm going backwards? If I'm flying, where in my life do I feel like I'm um, excelling or being promoted or seeing things from a higher perspective? Um, you know, if my if I'm my car spinning out of control, where do I feel like you know I'm spinning out of control in my life? And and interpret it into the natural. What does the dream speak about your natural situation? And then you can look at it and go, okay, what is this saying spiritually speaking? So where where can I grow in dream interpretation? And I mean, feel free to plug your site as well in this or your Facebook group as well. Well, we are just now, in fact, yesterday I got a word from Streams Ministries, from John Thomas, the head of Streams Ministries. Uh, as you know, that was John Paul Jackson Ministries until he passed away. And um, we are now going to start each, we just got uh, released to do online groups for each one of the um, the courses. So what I really, why I'm, we're really excited about this is you used to either have to come see us in person, which you'd have to travel there, you'd have to buy the um, manuals and the time and stuff like that. And a lot of, you know, a lot of things are changing. You know, people want kind of on demand, really. And then you, then it changed to where you could actually go through the courses by yourself. And there, we just found that people lost a huge element of togetherness when they did that. And so they just never, we saw that we found that they never finished the course actually. So they just released yesterday that, uh, the teachers, uh, certified teachers can now offer the groups on online training groups. So starting, um, in two weeks, we're going to be starting our group trainings, um, on each of the courses. And that's, uh, that is the art of hearing God. That is understanding dreams and visions, the two Oh one. And then, uh, Signs and Miracles is the third one, the last one John Paul wrote. And then we also, I'm very excited. This is one of the most exciting things we're going to be doing this year. But we have just released The Art of Hearing God for Kids. And you can pick up, oh, we're gonna, I'm going to get all the packaging done here pretty soon. And we're going to have a Facebook group just for raising your children 
in the prophetic. It's amazing. It's so much fun. We did it at the last church I pastored when we were testing it out. It was fabulous. So we're going to be not only offering that, but we're going to be doing it as a group and we're going to be filming um, our kids, our own kids doing that and releasing some videos and stuff like that. Uh, so we're really excited about that. I'll have that up on my website in the next two weeks. And then we just released our 12-week course. Um, we have a 12-week course that you can go to my website and you can get. And it is the journey into your dreams. It is 13 hours of teaching and training. And it goes over symbols. It goes over people and dreams. It, I mean, everything, colors, numbers, to just dream theory, dream understanding. We go through every dream of the Bible. Um it's really exciting. So it's about 13 hours of training and you get um, a curriculum page and all that. And so it's $127, uh, which is turns out to be $9.97 a module. Really great for an hour's worth of training with, with curriculum and stuff like that. So we're really excited about that. And then, of course, if you are just in the, you know, need something for free and need to ask, you know, some questions, we've got our the largest uh, dream interpretation group on Facebook. It's called uh, Prophetic Dream Symbols and Interpretation. You can ask, you can join, join there and that's our free product. And we also have our free journal page that kind of helps, you know, do some reflections and stuff like that. But all that stuff is on my website at amycoelho.com and we would love for you guys to join us. Right on. So I have a dream. Um, would you mind interpreting it? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I had a dream I was at work. And I was on a job site, and there was an operator who is a guy that looks after the work site. And w I was about to do the work that I needed to do with my work truck. And we noticed a storm coming in. He told me to look up at the sky, and we saw these th three round funnel clouds starting to form. And so we knew that we had to go in to the building for cover. And I was a little hesitant to go in at first, but then I realized like I needed to be safe. So I went into the building and we tried to get under a uh, supporting beam to try and get as low as we could to uh, just in case the storm took apart the building. And we heard the, the funnel clouds coming down and it passed. And so we went outside and we saw the damage that was done. And on the back of my truck, there's just pieces of uh, kind of the plant or like the work site that were on the back of the deck of my truck. And, uh, and then I woke up, but I just remember that there's three funnel clouds and, uh, yeah, that's, that, that was what my dream. What color were the funnel clouds? Um, one was white. I remember that. And the other one was gray. And I think the other one was a little bit darker. Okay. Yeah. So interestingly enough, um, anytime we have people who have dreams of funnel clouds and tornadoes, they come in threes and fives. It's the craziest thing. It's just the craziest thing. It's either one, three, or five. Rarely you see it any other way. Um, and I'll tell you why. We have kind of figured this out a little bit. And the, and the color of the clouds, uh, the color of the funnels are very important. They're either black, very, very dark. They're either white or they're gray. And there's a reason for that. The reason, in, in the, and in this dream, this specifically has to do with your job and your, you know, what you, what do you do for a living, by the way? I deliver chemical at a chemical company. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So, um, there is some, there is a, what I call a divine chaos coming to the work and it's going to look like it, 
it's going to tear some things down. Um, it's going to look like, you know, we think of chaos as the devil, but it's not necessarily so. A lot of times we have what's called divine chaos. And in nature, we find that, you know, well, even like cleaning out your closet, right? You organize your closet. But in the midst of that, if my husband came home, he'd see like just stuff everywhere, right? Looks like chaos. But it's the chaos that comes right before divine order. Look at it. Let's look at Joseph's life, right? So Joseph has this dream. That's number 10. And then he goes through, you know, they say, oh, you're going to be ruling and reigning. And then all of a sudden, Monday looks completely not like ruling and reigning. It looks more like kidnapping, right? And so then he has this whole divine chaos, this whole number 11 that has to happen. Because in that is where things get shaken off and loose and, and all this purged and, you know, retraining and uh, mind shifts. And then, all, and then he was ruling and reigning, right? That's 12. And so a lot of times we think, oh, this chaos is from the devil. We start rebuking it when God has shown you in this dream that this is actually from God. We, we know that because of the number three. And we also see that there's white in there and there's gray and then one's darker. So there's different levels of this chaos that's coming. Um, you're not going to be hurt, but the only way to get through it is to go low go low because it and like john paul jackson used to tell me amy do not be the blade of grass standing up when the lawnmower of god comes over you hmm. interesting that um it's actually something that what i kind of felt too because i've already at our work um at my work it's already felt like chaos because a lot of people have lost their jobs and a, a lot of change in management and just things mm -hmm. like that and a lot of just unsettling things you know for not only for me but i mean my coworkers as well so yeah yeah and it's all really just you know it think of it like joseph you know it has to come in order and and so instead of rebuking it instead of thinking negatively we we change our perspective lord what do you want us to learn from this what can i how can you pray for your coworkers and management through this time of conflict you know, um, how can, you know, we, you pick up the scraps basically, because that's what the, the, the scraps were in the bed of your truck. You know, how do you pick up the scraps and how can you help the perspective? What can I learn through this? What needs to be purged out of my life? What needs to be, uh, you know, some agendas and expectations we didn't know we had. Um, how, how, how do I release that back to you, Lord? And that kind of stuff. Wow. Well, thank you so much. That's, uh, no, that definitely speaks to me, and I think uh, a lot of listeners, too. Like, I mean, such a simple dream, but, I mean, it's actually, it's for me, but, I mean, it also represents my workplace and yeah. kind of the light that I'm there, so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a great dream. I love that dream. We see that, that dream quite often, actually, and we always notice that right before, you know, when things are shaking up, it's God's way of saying, hey, this is me. This is me. Grab on. Hold on. Hold on tight, because it's about to get crazy. Right on. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time. If uh, maybe you just want to give your uh, website out and um, just the name of your Facebook group again so the listeners can uh, go check it out. Sure. You can uh, join me on my Facebook page, Amy Coelho. That's C-O-E-L-L-O. And there you will get all the updates and anything new that we're doing and releasing. We're about to release a podcast coming out um, talking about some of the dreams that we do. We see in Facebook on, on the prophetic dream symbols and interpretation group. We're going to be doing podcasts on on issues we see on there.
are the things that arise that, you know, kind of quite make us question things, maybe some bad interpretations and um, teaching and training on this podcast on YouTube. Um, so, so stay tuned for some updates. You'll see them right there. AmyCoelho.com or Dreams by Amy. If you do that, it'll redirect you to my site. And there you'll get all the educational uh, stuff that we're doing. And then Prophetic Dream Symbols and Interpretation is our free product. Come and join us. We've got 50, 000, almost 50,000 people on the group now. So it's, it gets a little bit um, hectic, but it's fun. So, but definitely look us up and, and connect with us. Right on. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been episode number six with Amy Coelho. Give us a follow on Twitter at Servants of Fire Pod or join our Facebook group page, Servants of Fire Podcast.